Hello and welcome to a new episode of Adrian Goldberg's talk show. This time I want to speak to a couple of influencers. I'm fascinated by the world of influencing on the internet. And I've got two women with me. And if I say Instagram influencers to you, you're probably thinking I'm in the company of two women who are in their late teens, early 20s, offering makeup tips or something like that, or maybe doing a travel blog. But no, in this case, it's neither. I've got Teresa Gromsky with me and Lisa Piddington. They both influence around the world of home design interiors. Lisa, you don't Instagram in your own name. No, I'm Instagramming as Lisa Loves Vintage. And Teresa, you do Instagram in your own name. Yes, that's right. And you've got 56,000 followers. 56.4. She's only got 47,000. <laughs> 47,000.3. There's no um, rivalry at all. No, no. We're very good friends. Yeah. You're both very glamorous women, of course, but you, you don't fit the, I suppose, the Instagram, YouTube influencer model, really, do you? Well, I never really thought of this until a few people have said to me, oh, you're quite, you know, it's Instagram's for young people. And I'd never really thought of it like that because a lot of people in our little world of Instagram home decor are in their sort of 30s, 40s. So it's quite a different kind of thing from the young makeup. And how did it start for you? I've always loved home home decor and taking photographs and I'd got two young children and I hadn't been able to do as much work. I'm an illustrator so it just was something like a creative outlet for me to take pictures share them on Instagram. I, I never intended to get a large following or do any influencing work. It was just a bit of fun. For people who haven't seen your stream, what exactly do you post? Pictures of my house, sometimes pictures of my illustrations, craft projects, but mostly, yeah, interior, just interior shots of my house and my garden. And when did you first become conscious that this was something that was being followed by more than just your your family and your friends? Uh, it was a gradual thing. So I started sort of entering hashtag, putting hashtags in and entering hashtag competitions, started meeting people and just gradually more and more people followed me. So how long have you been doing it for now? Uh, two, two and a half years. Two and a half years, but you've already got 56,000, 56.4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was there a moment then when it, when it took off? I've gained quite a few this year because I've had I've done my garden and my garden is very popular on there. I've won a few competitions. So tell me about that. I won the London Evening Standard Home Decor Professional Garden category for the garden and Anglian the Anglian Home Style by Me competition. And what did you have to do to win those competitions? Um, just submit some pictures of um, my garden. That was it, really. And are you a professional gardener? No, no, not at all. <laughs> you won the professional gardener competition? Well, it was, I was in the professional class because I'm an influencer, so it was just a techni- technicality, really. But no, I'm not a gardener. I well, don't know much about gardening. I know how to style a garden, probably better than plant it up. What about Lisa? When did it start for you? I suppose for me, I've been doing it for quite a while, probably about four or five years. I think it started because I have... I mean, you're sitting in my kitchen now and there's a lot of things in my kitchen. And I think most of my friends just thought that it was a bit mad, didn't really get it. Most of them have got the Magnolia Walls with the one family picture on there and I don't do that. And so I think I went on and I just found a little community of vintage lovers and we all just 
you know, we all we all talked about our favourite flea markets, our favourite charity shops, you know, where to find good car boot sales. And that was how it really started for me. And again, like Teresa, I didn't go on at all thinking that, you know, it would be a big thing. It would be, you know, it would kind of take over my life, which I suppose it does. I just thought I would just find like-minded people. And I've made, lo- you know, lots of virtual friends through it. Real friends like Teresa I've discovered on there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just I just think it's a lovely community of people who just who just appreciate what we what we do when it comes to vintage homes. And people are often down on social media. Talk about the unpleasant aspects of it. Instagram is a place where people generally post pretty nice pictures mm-hmm. of places they've been or experiences they're enjoying or in this case about your home. Yeah, they always say Instagram is a place where you stop and smell the flowers. And I think the vast majority of times it is. There's obviously little bits, you know, there can be little bits of, of um, you know, sniping, but not really anything bad. Someone might accuse me of having a cluttered home, um, which is their right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I always say it's not um, cluttered, it's curated. I don't have children's books all over the way. I don't have kids' shoes on the floor. You know, there's a lot of stuff in my home, but it's not cluttered. So I, you get accused of that occasionally, but actually most of the time people, I think they're quite fascinated by it. Yeah. Get asked yeah. all the time about how do you how do you dust <laughs> that kind of thing, and I just tell them I just don't. How do you have a house that looks like that when yes. you've got two children? Yeah. But yeah. it's not real life. It's it's curated and it's styled. And I'm not going to show a picture of my washing up and you know my husband's dirty socks in the corner. So yeah, we we still have the part of washing, you yeah. know, and and that kind of thing, and the unmade beds. And I've got two teenagers, so I've got two teenage bedrooms upstairs that don't ever make it onto Instagram. <laughs> um, they used to when they were when they were tidier, they used to, but uh, but not for a while. So yeah, so I think it, you know, we are we probably get accused of presenting a perfect life, but I think no one wants to go onto Instagram and see part of washing. They want to see, you know, a, a beautiful home or or. And we live, this is how we live, you know, yeah. you've come round on a, um, a Thursday lunchtime and this is what my house looks like any time you come round. Yours is the same, isn't it? You know, we're, we're tidy. Yeah. I've got a very tidy husband who's very good at DIY and loves housework. <laughs> and as we are sitting in this kitchen, let's just describe this. It's a, it's a very, very neat, very stylish, very particular kitchen. So I'm looking above the sink up there and you've got a row of one two three teapots and above that another three again teapots but quite an old-fashioned Victorian teapots they're probably um turn of the century they're they're enamel most of them are French enamel I used to I started collecting when they used to be a couple of pence the the yellow teapot cost me 20p but they go for a lot more than that now so I guess the thing with when you collect vintage you'd be the same won't you Teresa that at one time it was a really cheap thing to buy that was why I started buying it I couldn't afford to buy um, you know, to go into the high street and buy high street stuff. So I started buying stuff from car boot sales. And you've got uh, some hanging baskets in the middle of your kitchen hanging down, just adding a little bit of, bringing in a bit of outdoors, yes. indoors. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's, it, it is very stylish. I mean, that's a very distinctive shade of grey blue yeah. for your cupboards. You've got lovely wooden worktops. I'm looking at your... Your drainer there, again, that looks vintage 1950s. As well. That cost me 50p in a car boot sale. And whenever I put that on Instagram, I get everybody asking me, where did I get my drainer from? There's something about that drainer uh, that just cool. everyone loves. You've even got 
a microwave that looks vintage. How can you have a vintage microwave? How does that happen? It was from Wilco's of all places, actually. It wasn't anything... Um, it wasn't. A, I didn't source it from anywhere. But yes, it kind of went perfectly. The plants, we're both plant queens, aren't we? Yeah. we in fact, when we go on holiday, we, we feed each other's plants. That's um, that's we do plant looking after. And even here, right behind you, uh, sitting... This is the sitting area of the kitchen. It's not a massive kitchen, uh, but you've got a smallish cooking area there. Uh, away to my left, you've got a, a dresser, uh, and you've got various vintage items, what some people might regard as knickknacks in there. You've got a little <laughs> ceramic dog, I think I can see. You've got a little Bo Peep uh, there. <laughs> make it sound really weird. <laughs> There's an old paintbrush. <laughs> Yeah, lots, lots of. I, I suppose the thing is when you when you love vintage, you end up collecting things, and so you have collections. So I collect china birds, I collect vintage tins, I collect enamel, I collect pictures, I collect religious statues. There's Jesus in the corner. Um, so yeah, I think you end up collect mirrors. I think we both have a thing yeah. for mirrors. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just everything, really. And I'm looking over your shoulder here, and there's a, a little cupboard there, and that's got, I think, an old camera. It looks like an old box brownie or something like yeah. that. And, I mean, that has no place in the kitchen. What is it? Just a little interesting conversation? It's just piece? a thing. I call it frippery. That's what I call it on Instagram, my, my type of frippery. I mean, yeah, absolutely. There's a pair of old 1950s glasses over there. There's, yeah, there's just, there's just everything, really. It's just, if I like it, it goes. You know, I kind of go with the theory that if, it, if I like it enough, it'll go together. So I don't specifically start a room thinking I'm going to do it blue or green or red. I'm going to do it whatever colour I like and all my stuff will go because it, I just love it. So describe your favourite room in your house, Teresa. Probably my bedroom, which I've just redone. I'd describe my style as boho, vintage eclectic bit of a mishmash <laughs> so very kind, useful put together though what kind of things have you got i like vintage furniture I don't i'm not a big fan of always buying new furniture i i think vintage has just got so much more character and it's better for the planet as well and it's just stuff that i've collected over years and lisa you talked about the the evolution of your site you've got a, a particular individual story though didn't you that brought you to this point yes well I suppose for me when um, my husband died when I was only 35 I got two very young children at the time and so for me I couldn't afford to buy new stuff I bought we hadn't long bought this house and it did lots of work done to it um, we bought it planning for the future so really it was a case of I wanted to put things in it I wanted it to look nice at that time particularly I wanted it was almost like a womb I wanted to create that was a safety place for me and so I dragged the kids around car boots house when they were like three and two and I give them a pound each to go and find stuff that they wanted and they had a great time and I was able to pick up lots of stuff like any vintage lover like the same with you Teresa we became fans of eBay at the time it was yeah eBay is just a fabulous place and so I just I think I just started filling it with stuff that I loved and because I didn't have a a man to compromise with I could just do exactly what I wanted (laughs) and it's funny how many people are actually a little bit envious of the idea that everything that goes in my house I haven't got to have an argument with like where the hell we got that from or why on earth we put that in there it's just my stuff and I love it and my kids have grown up with that and so they love it too so interesting that you use that phrase then you were trying to create a a womb there was Mm -hmm. something about creating a place of refuge after losing your husband but also a financial necessity yes yeah having lost him you'd lost one of the breadwinners in the house yeah absolutely so it was it was the the way to do it I'd always loved homes I grew up with both my parents were very much into their home homes and homeware um you know they were massive habitat fans in the 60s and 70s so I'd always been surrounded by by lovely decor 
Um, so it was important to me to keep that. But also I think your home is so much your personality. I'm always confused when I go to people's houses and I can't see the person, you know, what kind of person they are just by walking through their door and they all go for, like I said, the magnolia and the family photo. Mm. I think... You my, walk... Mine's a bit mucky. Draw <laughs> <laughs> your own conclusions. Yeah, just don't look too closely in here either. I think both of you walk into either mine and Teresa's house and straight away you know kind of what sort of people we are, yeah. really. Yeah. Mine's colourful and um, I'm not saying for a minute that Teresa's not colourful. Mine's, but more, hers... mine's more monochrome, yours definitely. Very, yours very stylish. I still like colour, but more yeah. muted, more muted yeah. colour. And in the same way that Lisa has a story that kind of promoted her to start collecting in this way. Did you have anything that drove you to initially collect? I mean, I I also started buying things from eBay and vintage because when I bought my house, I was a single mum and I just got my son. He was 11 months old, so I bought that house and I moved from a really small flat to a big sort of three-bedroom house. And um, it was just a way of just filling it up with cheap furniture and I just love the thrill of going on eBay and or going to a junk shop or a market and and finding something different. So even before you ever thought of Instagram this was partly born out of necessity and partly born out of your own taste as well. Yeah I mean I've always loved home decor even when I was a kid I loved decorating my bedroom and when I was a student I'd always decorate my student flats so something I've always loved. It's not just come about now because of Instagram. Yeah, and I always say with, you know, I, I, I've got we've got a lot of stuff on, on our walls you have at home. I've got a lot on my walls. And I always say, you know, when, when you're teenagers and you covered your bedrooms of your favourite, mine was Duran Duran at the time, oh, no. all my Nick Rose posters. Um, you know, you, you surround yourself with all the things that you really loved. And as soon as you get an, become an adult and you, you buy your first house, you stop doing that. And I think for me, it's that idea that actually I can sit in my kitchen and I just love everything in it. Just like I did when I was a teenager in my own bedroom. It's got meaning and history. Yeah, yeah. and well, everything. You can remember where you bought yeah. it, who gave you them, where you bought it yeah. from, how much it cost. Everything has provenance, I suppose, yeah. to you, doesn't it? Yeah. Somewhere you've travelled to yeah. or yeah. something that's got proper meaning. Rather than just going out to a shop and buying, just filling a room with loads of new stuff, I've got no interest in, yeah. in you, doing that. You won't that. see any live, laugh, love posters in our house, <laughs> will you? <laughs> and who follows you? Who are the people who say, yep... Yeah, I want to make a, a date online with that person so that <laughs> every time they post, I want to know what, what they're showing. Probably people just like us, mostly women. Uh, women that love interiors and decor. and Yeah, I think mine's about 95% women, my followers. I mean, it's, it's very female. I mean, I suppose a lot of people on Instagram are a similar age to us. Um, you know, my, my kids would all be using Snapchat rather than Instagram nowadays. So I think it's it's kind of a thing that we that our generation does. Mm. I think anyone wants to look at something pretty, something that cheers them up a little bit. You know, the comments you get can be so lovely about, mm. you know, that if you can inspire someone to use a bit more colour in their house or inspire someone to, to have a go at creating. Yeah. I mean, you're very creative and you will make lots of art projects. Mm. And I think that probably inspires a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's why my garden was popular this summer because... Me and my husband, we did most of it ourselves. We we made furniture. Um, we made a sofa out of scaffold boards and we made a table out of old pallets and a herb garden out of pallet wood. And I made a parasol and people love that sort of stuff. And when you get to this point, are you doing things consciously knowing that they are going to be posted on Instagram? Sometimes, yeah. Not all the time. I don't live 
the the gram <laughs> but uh despite what my husband thinks but, um no sometimes I think well that I want to do that and that will be an interesting project to post on Instagram and then obviously sometimes I work with companies where it's part of a job with them for me to create something or and you've crossed over then, Teresa. You are to now the dark some... side. <laughs> crossed over to the dark well, side. Well, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> you've crossed over to the point where you are now paid by companies to put their products on your feed. Yeah. yeah. When when did that first happen? Uh... And did they approach you? Did you approach them? It started happening maybe about eighteen months ago. So quite quickly. And usually they approach me, although nowadays sometimes if I want a particular thing and I think it will work in my home and I think I could work well with the company and it will be a mutually good thing for us to work together, then I'll approach a company and say, would you be interested in working with me? And is it a living? Well, I I also make a living as an illustrator, so it's it adds to my income. Yeah, I can... I mean, could you survive on it? Not completely, no, no. But it is a substantial part yeah. of your income. Yes, yeah, I'd say it's about fifty percent. Okay, 50%. I mean, just for people of our generation, that's quite an astonishing thing, isn't it? That you can put pictures of your own home mm. on a feed. Yeah. Other people will look at it, and you can earn money by oh, doing yeah. that. I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> showing just, pictures of your house. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a new form of marketing. And it's accessible and people will see, I don't know, a cushion or a chair or a new kettle in my home. Um, yeah, that's my thing, the kettle one. The kettle. Um, and they, they feel they know you, so they feel, they feel they trust you and they trust your taste. And yeah, it's just a different form of marketing. And how upfront are you about the, the stuff that you've got to promote from a manufacturer and the stuff that you've just chosen maybe in a, that you've got from a second-hand shop? Oh, you've got to be... I mean, there are clear guidelines nowadays, so you have to say it's an ad if you're gifted anything or if you're paid. So it's always there right on the top of my post that it's an ad. There are clear guidelines, but I've been told about influencers who don't observe those guidelines. I'm not sure how much punishment there is out there for those who ignore the rules i mean i've seen it you do see people that aren't upfront about it i mean but you, I, want, but you want to be upfront in definitely any definitely oh, you're, i mean you, you are extremely open about it and um i think you've you've maintained your integrity with your account because you're not taking things just because you're being paid no, you're, you're, you're taking things because they fit in with your yeah. house yeah i'd only work with a company that i that i believe in and that I would naturally buy their product anyway. So I'm not going to go out and have something in my house just because I'm being paid for it if I didn't like it. I think it's, it's also really important to understand that when you've got 55,000, 55.4,000 followers, that, you know, that's, that's more than you, regional magazines get readership-wise. So, you know, rather than paying £1,500 to get an advert in a magazine, why not work with an Instagrammer? who you know are going to use your products in a far more beautiful way. You know, I think that's what people need to understand about it, is it's you've worked hard to gain yeah. that following and you work hard to create interesting posts. Yeah. You know, it's not just simply taking a picture of a kettle in the background. It's actually, you know, setting it up. You can take a, you know, a good couple of hours. It can take a day. You might have to do different... You might have an agreement to do different posts, different stories. Yeah, it takes a lot of times. So you've got the whole time it takes to negotiate all of that and then setting up the shot styling the shot photographing it editing it 
posting it, then monitoring the post. Yeah, it takes it takes a lot of work. And you haven't crossed over to what you described <laughs> as the dark side, Lisa, which is a bit ironic because you work in PR yes, for, your, do, for yeah. your day job, yeah. don't you? Uh, are you interested in going to that next step and getting paid for posts? I'm not personally, um, for, for lots of different reasons. A, I, I don't see it as a job. I've already got lots of work, um, so I don't actually want to add any more to that because it is a lot of work, and I totally get that. The reason I call it the dark side, it is a slight joke because I, I do think that Instagram, Instagram influencers often undersell themselves. I laugh at the idea of the kettle because I quote that a lot. Um, you might have someone who's got 50,000 followers. They get given a 50-quid kettle, and they put a post on for that. And I think that, you know, that's actually underselling them. You know, they should be charging for a post you know you whatever they decide to charge for it but it's more than a 50 quid kettle you know the the, uh, the company could place, place an advert in a magazine and pay 1500 quid or just give someone a 50 quid kettle and get a free post so I do think there's underselling of Instagram as skills I do think it's a real skill I think being able to take pictures of your house and make it look beautiful is a skill um and but to keep it interesting yeah yeah because um, we've only got so many rooms in our homes yes and we post I every not every day but every other day maybe five times a week and we've got both quite average sized terraced homes and so to keep it interesting for a number of years you've got to be creative and I think you've got to have photography skills Mm -hmm. to keep it interesting to keep people coming back and liking what you're doing yeah and I think we're both pretty good at editing I think that's an important thing you know you have to you know you 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 choose I suppose although I don't see myself as an influencer because I don't earn money through it but I definitely see it as a brand mm. um you know so the, the Lisa Loves Vintage brand has a look to it um the same as yours and I think it takes a while to develop that look it takes a while to know what editing tools to use on your photographs I'm not talking about like editing things out I'm talking about actually you know maybe just changing shadows or or brightening things um yeah so I think you know there is a lot of skill to it it's not just simply pointing a camera and then posting but yes and I suppose also the other thing with my house it doesn't naturally lend itself to collaborate with many people because you know I might get offered someone drops me a message and say you know we've got some bar stools and it's like well that's not really my look so rather than just taking them and taking the money I just tend to say no to everyone really but it doesn't mean I don't disagree with it um, I get that a lot of a lot of mums in particular, you know, a lot of I know a lot of mums who've got young kids, like yourself, who who you know were working working hard to to make it a career and and are aware that there's a finite time it's going to be a career as well, you know, if the bubble bursts, then you know whatever the next thing is everyone's following. But while they you know while they can get away, you know they can do it. Then why not? And as you say, the readership, if you can call it that, yeah. uh, of Instagram because that's what posts. it is. It's like your circulation figures, I guess. Yeah, it's um, significantly higher than many regional magazines many regional newspapers and so when you're doing events now and working in PR when we do events we're more likely to have Instagram influencers YouTubers as we are your traditional media you know you might get a couple of magazine editors but actually most of the guest lists now are bloggers and Instagrammers because we're aware they have a much bigger audience do you have any concerns about the if you like the misuse of of that marketing people not being upfront about it oh, absolutely I think whenever you have an uh, you have a brand which that's what it becomes you have um integrity to protect that brand and I think if you don't if you don't care enough about your brand 
then really it's it's that's not going to work ever is it really i think everyone has to have integrity when it comes to instagram and and the vast majority of people i know who i would follow or um who i see on instagram are are very careful about saying it's an ad. Um, I think you see less and less now of people. I mean, at one time, you used to hide the word ad right in the bottom of the hashtags, didn't you? But now most people would put it at the very start of their post. Yeah, I think you've got to be very honest about it. And I think you'll lose followers if you're not. People people aren't stupid. They'll work out pretty quickly that that toaster you're talking about loads and loads in a post was a gift. Yeah. Therefore, you have, the, you have the, you know, the moral right to say, yes, that was a gift. And people talk about the friends that you might have on social media, how often they're virtual friends, they're not real friends. In your case, Instagram brought you together as friends. Yeah, it's like a romantic tale, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I mean, rather bizarrely, we, we just started chatting one day. Um, I think you liked to post to mine and I had... Because we'd followed you, one another for a while, yeah, hadn't we? But yeah. we didn't know that we lived... I didn't even know you lived in Birmingham, I no. don't think. And when we discovered we lived almost directly opposite each other and had done for years yeah. without even ever seeing each other. Yeah. Um, so just that little bit further down the road, so yeah. we, we hadn't spotted one yeah. another. No, you couldn't quite stare into my into my bedroom window from your house. binoculars out. <laughs> but you do live over the road yes. from each other. Yeah. Yeah, and so and and we yeah we started a really nice friendship from it actually. We we have our prosecco nights yes. and we um we go we to hang events. Out in my shed. Yeah, we hang out in the she shed in the summer and we sit <laughs> in the gardens and stuff. And also we you know we both really love each other's houses. And when mm. you know like your bedroom, I've been around to see her new bedroom this morning. So I've got yeah. the, the the sneak preview before everyone else on Instagram. You know, and I went around this morning to give you some mirror advice, yeah. which is the Go kind of thing. Hang we my do. mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> so if somebody was looking to set out to be an Instagram influencer, what would your top tips be? How do you do it, given that it is something now that people will look at and think, well, maybe I could earn a few quid on that, and I do like the way my house looks. I do care about decor and furnishings and so on. How should they set about being you? Well, I'd always say it's social media, so be social. Yeah. So if you're going to set up, make sure you're talking to people. You know, we would both make sure when people comment on a post, we reply to everybody. Always chat to people. Yeah. There are sometimes you follow people and you make a comment, you don't hear anything back from them. So I think it's like a conversation, mm -hmm. isn't it? If somebody says gives you a compliment, you respond and go, "Oh, thanks very much." If they ask you a question, so it's definitely being social. Yeah, and I think you need to, you know, have a look and see what kind of accounts you really like. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, lo there's lots of different communities. You know, in a way, we have quite different communities on Instagram. There is a crossover. Yeah. Um, but you, like you said, it's very much more that boho sort of monochrome home type that you would be in. And I would be much more in the vintage community. Um, but there is a crossover in between the two. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we have lots of people that, we've, that we share, yeah. that we both follow. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's just making sure you're communicating with people. Yeah. And consistency. You you know, you need to go on there regularly. You need to consistently produce good photographs and interesting con content. Do you use a professional standard camera, for example? No, I use my iPhone. So oh. when you talk about good photographs, then we're not necessarily talking about uh, having a, something with a long lens no, or, in, no. you know, uh, some means of processing them afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I use I use editing apps. But I think iPhones nowadays are just brilliant. Mm. I mean, I'd really like the, the latest one, but the I've got the iPhone 8 Plus. Yeah, same as that. Yeah, we've both got the same one. It's mm -hmm. great quality camera. Yeah. And I think when you're taking interior shots, as opposed to, say, if you're 
doing landscape photography. I think a, an iPhone is, is good enough. Some people might say, though, look, here you are sharing with people who you've never met your most intimate place, your own home. Does that ever strike you as odd? Um, when you think about it, it's a bit funny. <laughs> yeah, put it like that and it sounds very odd, doesn't it, really? <laughs> if you told me I'd be doing this about three years ago, I'd be like, mm. but I don't know, it feels quite normal now. Yeah. I suppose you're in that community and we all do it. Are there any downsides to it? Do we get any idiots, any stalkers? I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a nasty, it's not a nasty area to be working in, is it really? I think if we're putting pictures, putting pictures of us in our bikinis, which at, at our age would be a little bit shocking. Um, but I, I think, think it, I'd get 56 no, I don't. followers from that. <laughs> but I, you know, I think people who put pictures out, you know, of themselves, I mean, we very rarely appear on our own feeds. I mean, we do, we do sometimes, yeah. don't we? Yeah. Um, you feel every so often you ought to just the face behind the yeah, the account yeah. but they're not they're not us in our bikinis <laughs> Teresa Lisa thank you very much long may you both influence <laughs> thank you very thank much you. <laughs>